Tony Williams here, both sides of the mask. Good to talk to you guys a little bit, get caught up. Liz and I have been trying to get episodes done. Work is crazy. Her schedule is crazy with the kids and all the events and things that they are doing. Rodeo season is wound down for us. We had our hometown rodeo finish up last weekend out in Fairgrove, which is actually the hometown of where the team is located, the Southern Sweethearts. They had a great weekend, got some great pictures taken of them, and it was a really fun season. Lots of things changed and moved around and this, that, and the other. Growth, learning experiences for Isabella being one of the younger, youngest ones on the team. But it was a good year. Look forward to continuing her growth in horse riding and all of the other things that she plans that she wants to do with it. Would like to see her do some things. And I know she has some plans in mind. She wants to start trick riding. So hanging off the sides of horses. I'll have to post some pictures of uh, her coach and then one of the girls that's also a mentor to her doing their trick riding. It's kind of some crazy stuff. But Liz and I wanted to get a power chat in this weekend. You might have heard hers post, and she talked about conferences. So I wanted to jump in and cover another rule set that we have. Check out our sponsors, Diamond Umpire Academy, Tom Davis Sports Recruiting, Move Period with Destiny Robinson. Liz is actually at a camp this weekend. Mike Burwell in Columbus, Ohio had a camp. Heard that it's really going great this weekend, uh, doing some video training, and now they're doing their game stuff. And then I think they'll meet back up and go over some some stuff this evening. And then I think that uh, actually some of the evaluators will have a game uh, at Ohio State and the campers will get to watch them work and see if they're able to practice what they preach. All right. So Liz and I have talked to some umpires and this seems to be a new rule that has been affecting some people, and the way that they think about it. So what I want to talk about is legal position in the batter's box. And this is going to be the legal position at bat ball contact. We're talking illegally batted ball. The rule portion of this changed, and the NCAA rule is different than every other softball rule book. Keep that in mind. This is just for NCAA. I'm not sure why we changed it. I know that we had one super regional game that happened. This call was made a lot during it. And then the next year, we decided that we wanted to change the rule. I watched that game, was not upset by any of the out-of-box calls that were made. Lo and behold, coaches get together. They're the ones that write the rules, and we enforce them, and they decided to make a rule change. So this is how the rule was changed and how it is written now. At the moment of bat-ball contact, the batter may not contact the pitch when any part of her body is touching the ground outside the batter's box lines. Any part, any part of her body cannot be contacting it. Her toe is any part of her body. Her hand is any part of her body. So if for some reason she's sitting on the ground and she's got a leg, a whole leg on the ground outside of the batter's box, 
you're going to have an illegally batted ball. That part of the rule has not changed. It's the same as it was the two previous rule books. What has changed is the effect. The effect now will be a delayed dead ball is signal. The coach of the defensive team shall choose either the result of the play or the standard effect of illegal contact, which now will be a strike on the batter and the base runner's return to the base legally occupied at the time of the pitch. If this is the third strike, whether his ball is fair or foul, the batter is declared out. The rationale for this, to create consistency with the penalty for an illegal pitch by the pitcher. The current effect for illegal contact of the pitch by the batter is too harsh. Now, some of this is going to be my opinion. Most of it right now is going to be most of my opinion. I don't understand why we change the rule from all of the foot to part of the foot. That would have made the penalties the same as the pitching lane. If part of the foot is touching the line in the pitching lane, it's not an illegal pitch. Why did we decide that we would change the batter having part of the foot touching the line and part of it outside the box is illegal? Left-handed slappers most likely would like to hit the ball to the left side of the infield or outfield. You see a lot of pitches for slappers to the outside of the plate. So we're pitching it right where they want it anyway. And why are we doing that? Because we are trying to get a little bit of a pinky toe outside of the box. Throw it in on their hands. See what happens there. I don't know. I'm not a coach. But to me, when I pitched, if I noticed that a player was trying to hit the ball the other way, I was throwing it inside. I wasn't throwing it outside to give them that advantage to hit it the other way. Got a runner on third base and you got a right-handed batter. I'm not throwing him outside pitch. I'm not going to throw it and let him hit it to right field. I don't get it. I don't understand why we needed to change it and be different than any other rule book, but we did. The next part of this rule and the application of it, of what happens if this happened type of scenario, is where we don't really have any guidance yet on what we're going to be calling. And what I'm talking about is what happens if we have an illegally batted ball, an illegal pitch, and a leaving early? We don't have guidance on it, but let's use some logic and the casebook that we have of other plays to try to figure out what we're going to be doing. So if we turn in our casebook and we look at AR 1236 with a runner on first base, the pitcher licks her fingers and delivers a pitch without wiping her hand. The runner leaves early and hits into a 6-4-3 double play. However, the shortstop is an illegal player. Okay, let's leave out the last part of it, but we're going to get a lot of our answer right at the beginning of the ruling on this. The resolution will depend on the timing of the report of the legal player. Okay, I'm not worried about that, so we're going to skip that. The illegal pitch is addressed before the leaving early. The options on the illegal pitch are offered to the offense to have their two players out from the double play or award a ball on the batter. So let's think about this if we have a batting out of the box, an illegal pitch, and a leaving early. 
So we're going to ignore the leaving early first, probably going to ignore the out of the box because if we didn't have an illegal pitch, we haven't batted the ball. So let's ignore those first two. We're going to go to the offensive team and say, hey, we've got the result of the play, which is your batter's out of the box and she hit the ball and let's say that they both get on base. So the result of the play is going to be runners at first and second, or you can have an illegal pitch. This is where I don't know if we're going to add in the out-of-the-box call to where you can have a a delayed dead ball and that play still happened. They don't get to pick that part. So we're just going to have to go with the result of the play and ignore the the out-of-the-box. And we're going to say, what do you want, the result of the play, or do you want the illegal pitch? which is going to be a ball in the batter. Batter goes back to the box. Runner goes back to first base. Okay, now we have that, and then we say that they want to enforce the illegal pitch. Okay, so now we have, let's say it was a no count. Now we have a ball on the batter, no strikes, and a runner on first base. And now we're going to go to the defense and say, hey, we've got a runner leaving early, or do we say that we have an out-of-the-box call? I don't know what that is going to be yet. It would be weird to say, hey, I want to take the leaving early. Okay, so we're going to go back and now we're going to have no count and we're going to have an out at first base and no count on the batter. And then they can pick between that or the out of the box call, which would be a strike on the batter. And the runner goes back to first base and we just ignore the leaving early. I don't know. I assume that it's probably going to be You either take the out of the box or you're going to take the leaving early in this situation. We'll find out more when the case book comes out and be able to communicate a little bit more on that. Enough on rules. Let's talk about the Oculus Quest 2 and Win Reality. I've been using it. They've been adding updates. I wish we could get a left-handed pitcher. Even before I get a catcher, I would rather have a left-handed pitcher. I've gone in and... If you go to the batting cages, there's a catcher that's there. You can stand on the way of the umpire that they also have in there. I would just like them to move that over there into it. Um, Their developers are trying to get this hitting thing all taken care of. Push where I can. If you guys reach out to them as well, say, hey, man, I'm an umpire. I love using this. I would just like to have a catcher in the pitch recognition area. You know, I use it a lot. I'd like to use it more and for it to be a benefit to me more is if we had somebody in there. But I can tell you that it helps. I can tell you that using it helps. I didn't have a lot of games last year and I did have a big series that came up and I was using the crap out of it right up until I got to my series and then used it before I went out to my plate game. I didn't have a ton of plates on the year and it was a big time plate probably one of the bigger plates that I've had in a while. And I went out and I felt really good about it. Is there going to be some pitches that I want to have back? Yeah. Did I want to call some? Yeah. Maybe was there one outside that I called that shouldn't have been called? Maybe. But we're all our worst critics. But reach out to Win Reality and let them know what else you want in it. If you're using it, great. Let them know that you're spending the money and you're a user as well. And you want your thoughts and your opinions to be taken into account as well. Another cool thing that I have been using is an app called Spatial. You can get it on your computer. 
You can get it on your phone. You can get it on your Oculus. And what you can do in there is have a conference type of room and it makes an avatar for you and you can sit in the seats that they have there and there's a big screen that's in front and you can open up different windows and I can use my Google Drive and I can plop videos in there and we can look at them and I can ask everybody to be quiet or mute themselves or whatever and we can watch a video together and I can point out stuff. I've done it with Susan Eads and her husband Ben and we looked at stuff together and it was really cool. We looked at it and it was it was pretty awesome of where things are going and what could be accomplished by this. So I want to do it with you guys out there. I want to offer it to you. I'm trying to find a date where it works out, maybe on a Monday or something like that, where you guys are able to do it. Let me know. Let us know. Email, comment on the Facebook group and say, hey, you know, evenings work good or afternoons work good or weekends work good. I know you guys are out there calling. I hope you're having a good time when you're out there calling. But I need to know like where you're going to be, what's going to be going on so that we can try it out for real and see if it's something that we can make into a regular type of situation and offer a a, a quote unquote training camp type of situation. Not going to be on-field instruction, but at least we can watch videos together and talk about the things that we do and how we approach and how we handle things and how we handle our calendars and how you work with other umpires that may treat you differently. How do you work with coordinators? What would you do in this situation? Hey, that was you on the play, Tony. What did the coach come out and say to you? How did you handle the situation? What did you guys post-game? That's kind of the point of what I'm thinking with this spatial. So if you haven't, check it out, see what's going on. I want to post a link again to my room that I have, uh, but let me know what times or days work out great for you or work out better than others. <laughs> All right. Well, I've rambled on here a little bit, talked some, talked about stuff that's beneficial. You listened to me this long, so just a little bit longer. If you guys are out there calling and you got things going on and you're at a camp, Think about what you want out of the camp before you even show up to it. What do you expect? Are we expecting to get a schedule from a camp? For some people, that answer is yes. Do we want to be better at three-man? For some people, that answer is yes. Do I want to be seen by a certain coordinator? For some people, that's a yes. And maybe you check the box on all of those. It's okay to go to a camp and want to better your schedule. By doing that, you're in there and bettering yourself. So first have a mindset of when I go to this camp that I'm going to be the best that I can be while I'm there. And I'm going to set myself up for success by my appearance on the field and off the field. When I first started going to camps, I was wearing a shirt and tie. You can ask Liz. You can ask Dora Martinez. She's the one that passed it on to me. She's like, look sharp when you show up. Give them a reason right off the bat to find a reason to say no. And if you're looking sharp and you're going to show up to this camp like that in a shirt and a tie, I've got a lot of yeses going for this umpire right now. Okay, let's see what he can do on the field. He's looking sharp here. Maybe I'm going to go check out. Is this the real deal? Your appearance means a lot and it's going to get you noticed. When you get noticed, you've got to perform on the field. Study your mechanics. Study your rules. Communicate. There's a lot that's going on and a lot of things that are happening. And you may be unfamiliar with three-man. That's okay, too. One of the biggest things that you can do is watch. 
Watch your partners when you're on your field. And when you're not on the field, go watch. Watch other people work. You're either going to learn by what they do right or you're going to learn by what they do wrong. One of the very first camps that I went to was in O'Fallon, Illinois. Dora Martinez was there. Sally Walker was there. John T. Studley was there, had just come off his World Series. And this is the first camp that I met. Day number one comes up, and the camp assigner put me on her field, and she took care of me that day, and another guy that came along with us and made sure that we were taken care of, that we were learning, that we were in a positive mindset because day number two was going to be the tough day. She set me up to be on Dora Martinez's field. If you've been evaluated by Dora, you know that she was a tough one. She still is. She expects a lot out of her umpires, but when you give her that respect and you respect the game, man, she just trusts in you and gives you that respect that you deserve, that you have earned from what you did on the field. So the second day, I have plate on the second game. I was off the first game, and I have plate on the second game. I show up to the field early, like they ask, earlier than even I was supposed to because I wanted to watch what the umpire before was doing on the plate. I get out there, and Dora starts getting on this guy. A ball was put in play, a runner was coming home, and it was point of plate that he needed to be at to just watch. He was too close to the plate, and he wasn't really watching anything. And Dora's saying, point of plate, point of plate, get to point of plate, get back, get to point of plate. The play gets over, the umpire comes back, and he goes, did I need to be somewhere else? And she said, well, did you get that by, I said, go to point of plate? She's like, yeah, you need to be somewhere else. So the play goes back, the ball's in the circle, Play continues, and she's standing there next to me. And I said, would it have been better if he had at least got back to the dirt grass line? She goes, I would have been happy if he'd have done that. And to me, I asked a question. I got the answers I needed from the person that was getting ready to evaluate me, and I set myself up for success. So when I had a play and I knew that I needed to be at point of plate, I knew that I at least went to the dirt grass line and probably stood with both my feet in the grass. I can't remember how um, everything went or what she said during it. But I had a great camp. She picked me up and worked me in her Division II conferences. The very first year that I was there, I got some non-conference stuff from other coordinators. But that is my story of how I set myself up for success to move forward and be a success at the camp. I went into it not really knowing what I wanted from it. I mean, I wanted a schedule. I didn't know what that meant at the time. But I wanted to advance myself as an umpire at any level, whether it was even going to be USA. So I went in there, put myself in a position to hear what she had to say to the official that was on the field before I was even there. And I made a point every time that I wasn't on the field that I was either watching that field that I was supposed to be on or I was watching another field that somebody else was on that was helping out, that I hadn't been to that evaluator before and see what they had to teach and see what they had to say and what was going on on that field. Invest in yourself. That doesn't mean 
money invested. Invest time in yourself. But remember those people that bring you along that invest time in you. That's your family first. That's the evaluators that you have. When you get done with the camp, who has sent an email to an evaluator that they had at a camp? I have. I will usually send one to every evaluator that I had at the camp and thank them for taking the time out of their schedule. Yeah, they're getting paid to be there, but they didn't have to. Taking time out of their schedule to come out and teach the craft the way that it's supposed to be done at the NCAA level. So thank them for it. It may mean something to them. It may not. What it means to you is that you have enough forethought to thank somebody for taking the time to invest in you. One of the biggest things that I learned is that. Be gracious to those that give to you. So while you're out there, while you're doing games, while you're going to camps, while you're studying, first and foremost, be excellent.